Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, ahoy and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It will be a lonely voyage without you. This is part two of my chat with Paul Litchfield. So if you haven't heard part one yet, do go back and find that now on the feed and then we'll see you back here after you've listened. She's very buoyant at the moment, isn't she? Her businesses are doing really well. Nice. Buoyant. Like it. Buoyancy. She's got um, a rich old millionaire that she might be able to hoodwink. Um, she already has. He's given yeah. her loads of money. So she's like, ah, yeah, I'm in the money. I'm doing well. Um, and she's still got a soft spot for Tom, isn't she? Oh, yes. No, they're very good friends. Yeah. Now. So I think she's. I think it's maybe purely good intentions at this stage, which can always I think change. So. But obviously the crucial, the tension is introduced that they can't tell Jack because Jack won't take kindly to another person coming in and having a stake in his yard. He's always torn between the yard staying in his family, but then needing money from outside to keep going. Yeah, it's a, it's a dying duck, it really is. If he, but, was, you know. if he was in Star Trek, he's very much a Klingon. He's in that weird sort of, perhaps today is a good day to die. No, 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 no <laughs> you don't have to die. No, I want to. Um, that's, just, that's just Jack's way of thinking. Here's some help. Yeah. It's readily available. I don't need help. You're right. He's a Klingon. That's exactly what he he's is. He's definitely a Klingon, which then means Leo is a Romulan. That makes perfect sense as well. <laughs> no, I'm glad. Well, this is the analysis we need. This is finally, now. you've got it, yeah. <laughs> Thank heavens you were here. <laughs> Back at Highfield, Sir Edward and Sir John are hitting balls together. <laughs> Into the fountain. Yes. <laughs> and there's more talk about Grunwald. He's the most talked about off-screen character this series. Like He's just talked about every episode. Brilliant endlessly. name as well. Brilliant name. Grunwald. And yes, concert. I think, and I think his first name's Werner. So I always prefer Herzog, obviously. That's my favourite, <laughs> Werner. But, um, it would be great if he could arrive and he was played by Werner Herzog. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. Did you see my son and my husband have been watching The Mandalorian? And I didn't know that Werner Herzog was in The Mandalorian. I know. I, and I was just like, oh, my God, why is he in this? 
Why is he he's brilliant, brilliant in this? Why can't he be in this all the time? It's so brilliant. Yeah, he's Just like, stunning, course, isn't he? Love him so much. Anyway, they're hitting balls. They're talking about Grunwald. Uh, AFTC chairman comes up again. Turns out <laughs> Edward's old pal is the chairman of this company. You'd think Charles would know that. He does his research. Yeah. He clearly doesn't know that. So he's in a position again to stymie another thing that Charles is doing. And I think they miss a trick in this scene because there should always be, when you're in a really rich old mansion full of two old business, etc., etc. Yeah. When, when they leave the scene, this, this is the ideal moment for a comedy butler just to just to come in <laughs> with a tiny crab net just fishing out the golf. Like, yes, I suppose I'll do that for you, you lordship. <laughs> and when they're out of shot, stupid little shits. I mean, that is the kind of part you were born to play. Oh, my for. God, I would have loved any comedy butler, mate. <laughs> elevates anything. Terence Raskin was always very good at those. Oh, Frank, Frank Finley plays one and I can't remember the exact film but there's an amazing bit where every day they've been having soup. One day they, <laughs> they turn to Frank Finley who's the butler and the woman goes, this soup tastes a bit funny. What's different? And he just goes, I haven't pissed in it today. And they're like, oh. And they're really annoyed. So they're sort of implying, well, take it into the kitchen and piss in it because that's how we like it. I wish I could remember Ew. the film, but it's brilliant. <laughs> see, again, I can see you in that role. Comedy Then we go, sans comedy butler, to sad Sarah's house where she remains sad. Ken tries to, I think, sort of hold her around the shoulders or something. She's like, don't touch me. She's just so sickened by what they've done, the guilt. And she says to Ken, we killed him. We killed him. Yeah, you see, this this kept bolstering my, my God, have they murdered him? What's been going on? Yeah, no, they didn't physically. This is just emotional guilt. Yeah, he he did it to punish them. Yeah, which is you know, I mean, no one wins here, but yes, he did he he did the right thing. His plan worked. Then we go to Leo on a wet bike, bouncing across the waves. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) I I was wondering these scenes how many times they had to do it because he kind of comes into a a stop at the quayside, but he has to put one foot on the pontoon. I reckon Leo can do that sort of stuff in one one take. I think, but I reckon there's about fifty eight takes sometimes for him to deliver one line. And that's, oh, that's the thing unkind. about Leo. That's so mean. No, but that's the thing. He does have a sign on his on his head saying "bully me." The he character. really does. Yeah, he does. He does have a "kick me" sign permanently oh, tattooed on him. Bless his heart. I know it's not. Anyway, his fault. Look, the action man here is he pulls into the side there, gets off his wet bike to find his dad sitting on the quayside eating sandwiches. Okay. Um, and they talk about relationships. They have yeah, a nice father son chat. Bond. And then Leo says, "I don't know if it all isn't just a bit of a bloody nuisance." And he literally does say it like that, which is great. He can't work Amanda out I, I mean he should be able to she's just basically yes yeah, she's beautiful but she's clearly mental run don't walk away but yeah. he just seems inexorably pulled towards her Tom, Tom, then, Tom does the whole come on love is worth it I mean it's an absolute bloody nightmare but it's yes. worth it in the end Tom always does say that he's still despite the all the, the pitfalls and the end of his marriage to Jan and then the end of his relationship with Avril he still believes in love he's a romantic at yeah. heart and he says loving somebody is still worth the risk. That's right. Uh, which is very sweet. And then, end of scene, Emma arrives. I think I know what happened to the catamaran. <gasps> like, big news. The Lynette. Yeah. And we're like, oh, my God, every day saved. Incredible. End of scene. Yeah. And then we go to Relton Marine where Avril and Charles are talking. And she's just being impressive about brochures <laughs> and carefully selected clients. <laughs> And just, you know, nice things in the 80s to do with business and success. And then he says, still okay for the weekend. See you at the heliport. See you at the heliport, (laughs) which is what? Where is the heliport in Tarrant? Come on. You'd go out with someone who said, see me at the heliport. Like you'd you'd go. Drop of a hat. I'm there. Even if they told me we're going to throw you out of the helicopter midway, (laughs) I'm still, well, I just want to really go to the heliport. Yeah. But you might say, sorry, and because I don't have a helicopter. Where is the heli? Oh, no, he's gone. He's He's gone. gone. He's gone. (laughs) I'll find it. I'll find it. I just have to work out where the heliport 
airport might be. <laughs> sort of the thing you go around with all the locals and they're like, I have absolutely no idea. It's like, well, come on, it's a heliport. It's the, it's the weirdest thing around here. I have no big idea. And, big and flat. There won't be many trees. Yeah. Just like, where? where? It's got this massive consonant written about 400, <laughs> letter H somewhere. Then we go to, I think it's lunchtime later that day. Oh, uh, this is restaurant. brilliant. Jan, Jan ends up eating in what looks like the Acorn Antique set that they've turned into a restaurant. <laughs> it is. It's got lots of extras, this one. So clearly brilliant. the budget for the essays has gone way up. And again, you don't see a scant. Actually, there's a brief mention of a scallop, um, but you don't get to see yes. any food, which proves your no, theory right No, again. the camera just stays carefully above yes. the tables. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a glass, the odd glass of Ribena yeah. being red wine, but no food to and speak clearly of. Clearly, this is the only restaurant in Tarrant because everyone is there. It's it's always full. It's now, it's like always a weekday full. lunchtime, rammed to the rafters. Does it have a name, um, the restaurant? Is it like a well, regular place that they visit? It looks... I see. I'm never sure because there's a really posh restaurant where the good business lunches and the rich people do their romantic wooing at Casper's. Right, Casper's. Um, apparently, the restaurant in the Ritz. No, the restaurant in the Savoy is called Casper's, and maybe that's where uh, the producers decided they they would okay. nickname from. Got you. But and this looks a bit like Casper's, but sometimes when there's loads of extras, it's really hard to see if it's the same place or not. Anyway, we're in the restaurant. Yeah, there's lots of two, um, two and froing between about five or six major key players here. You've got St John, then you've got Jan. It's quite a long got, scene. Yeah, and yeah. there's lots of Come over here. I wish to speak to you for a little bit. Maybe that's why there's so many extras, because they knew they were going to film in that set for probably yeah. a good day and a half, two days. Yeah. So Jan is with a large table of business associates. She sees Ken sat alone yeah. and she goes over to see him and Ken stands up. And it's the second time this series I've gone, bloody hell, Ken is tall. Yeah, he's massive, isn't he? He's really long Ken, and lean. Ken is very, very leggy. Yeah. And they have a brief chat where he says he's proud of her and look at you all successful. Proud and, of her, but he then, also gives her a couple of sort of good natured digs and also flirts with her severely again well because he's just been rejected by Sarah so now he's like well back to the old one then I mean My he's just he's very God. binary in that way he's just like I just need a woman to validate me and tell me I'm he's attractive got, he's got like some weird sort of sexual autism it's just it's set on one he thing does. just move right to the other he will remember there's a saxophone playing constantly in his head like he can't turn it down so he has to keep seducing everything with breasts <laughs> in a five centimeter radius so that yeah there's a little bit of him trying to suggest ownership of her yeah her back against that and saying you didn't create me Ken um, he's like I like to think I still own a little stake in you he does physically still own a little stake in her boutique business but that's because he wouldn't agree to her buying him out so uh, he's okay. still trying to keep his claws in there. He's not quite done right. with her yet. Uh, but he is being so nice to her and like pouring on the compliments. And she's she's definitely flattered. Yeah. She's not not flattered. And she has just had uh, a snog with well someone's dad, basically. So she's probably thinking, I oh, <laughs> could go younger. Younger's quite hot and he's quite yeah, tall. Younger, sociopathic. Um, but you know, possibly senile. there's not a huge choice of like really solidly eligible men in Tarrant like they're right. either rich and impressive but you know really not good people has, or has, Jan, has Jan and Charles never had a little dance no never because Charles is after her daughter you see yeah and then but Charles that doesn't mean it won't happen heart. at some point it's bound to happen at some point isn't it don't think so okay. I think even even I mean, for Howard's Howard's way, way, they, no. well no because they didn't tend to cross the streams quite in that way I right. think there's mm, yes no that's not on the cards as far as I'm aware okay so anyway. they never ever get together there's one scene I think in fourth series where they go dogging but apart from that 
<laughs> oh yeah, the dogging, obviously. Yeah, yeah. no, there's the Nazi dogging scene. Do you remember yeah, with the yeah, Nazis yeah, yeah. all looking at the yeah, beautifully no, yeah, lit, that. beautifully lit. Oh, it was great. Yeah, really, it was like that Channel Four documentary. It was wonderful. <laughs> oh, I watched um, a bit of that last night. You had to stop. No, no, no. We, I, they they repeated that for, because they knew yes. people would mm. just go back for a second look while being sick into their own uh, Ken does say to Jan, "I miss you." Yeah, I miss um, you. And she and her face sort of slightly changes to an expression that suggests someone just farted. Like she's been swallowing his his compliments up until that point and then he's turns on the big guns and says, you know, I miss you in a bid to get her to say, oh, I miss you too. And she just looks a bit, hmm, mm. I know what you're up to, mate, which I respected her for. Then Sir John arrives, sits at the bar and Ken goes over to meet him. So we sort of follow him over. People have these meetings that are basically pointless because he's just telling him again what he's already told him in an earlier scene. You need to sort out the Sarah Foster situation. Yes, you they, need to get her they shares They just do her. a little bit more plot exposition. It's exactly the same how Dallas and Dynasty used to work. Again, they never yeah. ate a meal. Don't eat a meal. Don't resolve a plot. They just normally have a large stiff bubbling. drink, have a bit of a conflab, say how wonderful each other is, then stick the knife in and then they all go, go off their separate ways, exactly. don't they? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, right at the end of the scene there, Jan looks over slightly wistfully at Ken. Yeah. And it's like, oh, she's, yeah, she's still thinking. Mm. I've forgotten all the horrible things he used to constantly do to me on a 24-hour basis yeah or, or when he got my son beaten up that time by yeah. the pain thugs yeah yeah no she still she still finds something attractive in him bad and, boy. You know, he's a bad boy you see he's very tall as well he's and she really likes boy. that anyway he's a tall boy yeah, he's, he's a piece he, of furniture he's a tall boy <laughs> <laughs> back at the yard Emma says she now knows her instincts tell her that the catamaran did hit something in the water, but they still need proof. They How are they going to get that? They need evidence. Ball? Well, they, what they need to do is get out on some tugboat and bloody well start dredging the bottom of the very sea itself <laughs> to find evidence. We were about to say digging. Like, I imagine, yeah, like, yeah let's, let's get a shovel and just dig just in the sea. Dig our way through the it's sea. An awful lot of water. doesn't seem to be going anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a little bit of explanation. Next, we need to obviously cut to people on a boat getting ready to dive and have a look for wreckage. So then we go back to Gerald, who is just clearly lost his My mojo, God, he looks hasn't like he? he's going to shoot himself with an antique louver. Like Luger. he's the next one to suicide himself. Yeah. So he's talking about Grunwald, that he's working on it, but it's all a bit, oh. And then Polly eventually just you know says, look, kind of what's wrong? And he's like, talk. what's right? And I get no joy from my life. And he's just clearly at his wit's end. I'm really worried about him. At There's this a day. really lovely bit where Polly's talking to him and she sort of stood on her side. You get this weird side profile of her while she's talking to her husband, who's like obviously scanning the room for things he can start self-harming with. Um, <laughs> and I just noticed she's got the most beautifully smooth face, if you see it in profile. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. It's literally flat. <laughs> Quite incredible. She's like a women's institute, you know, Voldemort. <laughs> without being Voldemort at all. She's just got this she's, naturally smooth face. It's beautiful. She's had many names in this podcast, but never the W.I. Voldemort. I really oh, like there you go. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she is, she's, she's often evil. I think that's a fair description. Oh, is she? Oh, okay. I just thought yeah, she yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. A, like a woman in a loveless marriage and we had to feel constantly sorry She is her. that, but she's been pretty vindictive in oh, her has time. She? I don't, don't feel sorry for what her. What sort of things has she done? I mean, she's endlessly cruel to her daughter. Who, who ended up getting so fed up she'd moved to America to get away from her basically. Right, okay. Um, it's always sort of misguided. There are some good intentions in there, but she's really selfish and really okay. obsessed with status and wealth and money and da da da. Oh, okay. Um, hence, hence the loveless marriage to somebody who can, you know, pay her credit card bills. Also, at um, one point, we don't know how she did it, but she actually caused the Suez Canal crisis and we just don't know how she yes, did it. Yes, she did do that. We don't yeah. know how she did it, but somehow 
how no. it all comes to her. It's definitely her fault. There's no of that. There can be no doubt. No doubt. Um, so we leave the very unhappy couple sort know, of it's it really again at an impasse. Desperate and depressing. It's really well done. Those scenes in the house. Yeah, you really yeah. do get that. Oh my God! One of you just say something, comfort each other, do something, please. Yes. It's too much tension. Is the horrible. oppressive atmosphere. Yeah, just it's done really well. Is is great. Then we go to the yard where Emma slightly oddly because I think she by this point it's obvious just from her performance she fancies Tom. She definitely has oh, Tom. Okay. She offers to come to the bank with him on Monday and to see Mrs. Travis's solicitor. So the widow of the man who was right. killed tragically in the boating accident. You know, she's she's told Tom she's not a vindictive woman, but she will be suing him for thousands of pounds right. and ruining his business because of her dead husband. Another dead husband, you see. So then we cut to helicopter day. Wow. Two people inside, probably probably Charles and Avril, though you can't really see through the window. No. And they're landing. <laughs> At a French chateau. Not only are they landing at a French chateau, they're landing directly next to the door. The helicopter I... lands about an inch from the from the door. It does, it does. But can I just shock you, Paul? Go on. It's not a French chateau. Oh, no, get away with you. I've been there. It's Waddesdon Manor. Oh, come on. In this country. Oh, and it was yes. built in a kind of French chateau style. Oh. It is not. It's no more French than you or I. Secrets and lies. <laughs> Television sorry. lies. But the last time they went there, I think in series two, mm. they've at least they've they've tidied up one detail. The helicopter landed. Charles went there with somebody else. Right. Uh, it landed outside Le France Chateau, ah. and the side of the helicopter said uh, the name of a Bedford-based helicopter hire company. <laughs> at least this time they've given it the Freer Holdings decal, like That's stuck nice. to the side of the helicopter, which on. looks a bit more convincing. You know, yeah. so they've shelled out for a sticker, which is great. Avril and Charles land to be met by Pierre. Pierre. He's a French retainer. Be my guest. Be my guest. <laughs> Basically. He is a candlestick. Yeah, He's he dressed is, as isn't a candlestick. Yeah. But our wines um, choose the test. <laughs> and they are going to. And that's exactly what they're going to do. Avril just keeps being more and more dazzling and impressive. She speaks with great fluency to Pierre in she his mother tongue. Yes. Bonsoir, Pierre. She says, "Oh, he, ho, he, ho." And that's done really um, well. It's not done in a in a in a remotely allo allo style. No, 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 no. She's good at French. Yeah, yeah. Susan Gilmore can speak French really as well. Good. Then we go back to the yard where Tom and Jack are having a little sort of odd conversation after hours. Jack says, "It looks as if you're in the clear." And then he sort of finds a way of saying to Tom, Sorry. obviously dramatic irony, Tom wants to tell Jack that he's bringing in the last thing he wants, outside money. Yeah, he, he sort of apologises to Tom, doesn't he, about his bluffo cove ways. And exactly. Sorry for a but bit of burden on you at times. It then stops Tom telling him the truth about Jan because now Jan's investment is looking like the only lifeline they've got. Yes, and, um, and we really do know that the only thing Jack really is doing in that filing cabinet is just rifling around trying to find the tequila bottle that he's taped he's, to the top. Exactly, he's just looking for the next hit. Yeah. Probably a bong or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so there's a nice moment between the two of them, but it does kind of stop Tom telling him the truth about Jan. Then we go back to Leisure Cruise saxophone. Oh, wow. I love the saxophone. Ken back in his office. Ken, I've put, is leaning in lemon. Just he's a lemon looking shirt. very casually citrus. He is, but he's looking a bit despondent. He's drinking on his own in his office yeah. at night. That's never a good sign, is it? <laughs> uh, and then he looks at the picture of him and Mark and Sarah in happier times, holding the trophy after they won that race. Yeah. And he, he just, he can't look at it. He just turns it over. He yeah. puts it down. Puts he it can't just... look at it. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. 
Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to do it. That weird kadook that yeah, lights going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All rather mysterious. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Then we go back to the Howard's house where Leo tells his grand breathlessly he can't come to the races. He's going diving with Jack, presumably to look for wreckage. I've got something to do in this episode, Gran. (laughs) Yes, suddenly I have a purpose. Yes, go on Oh my God, this is my moment to shine. As long as you don't go away, start diving utterly pointlessly and then we have to wait a little bit and come back to you and then you finally come up trumps. Oh, you're going to do that, fine. three times. Oh my God, this unnecessary padding that goes on here is brilliant. It's a lot of extra scenes I don't think we need. Yeah. right. Then we go straight to the boat where Leo is suddenly there. He's time travelled to the boat yeah. in diving gear. He's suddenly there. <laughs> and he's there with Amanda, who d- doesn't seem to have her direction. Like her notes for this scene are confusing because she looks bored, like she would rather be anywhere else doing anything else. Yes. And she just sits there and says, oh, yes, thanks, Mr. Roll. Thanks very much. But she's rolling her eyes and looking fed up. Leo's keen as mustard to get down yeah, there and find He's super keen. He's, he's, re- he's like a really over overzealous little Labrador that's going to do something for its master. And she just looks like, oh, this is the most boring thing in the world to do, to solve a mystery. I know. They're basically the famous five. Like, come on. Meanwhile, over at the Coast Guards, Tom is asking if there are any reports of submerged objects in the water. Like, you think they'd have asked that ages ago. Yonks ago with the Coast Guard. (laughs) Like, really a long time ago. As soon as the accident happened, get straight on it. I think that would have been one of the first stops. Emma's there too. She's clearly now just following him everywhere he goes until he notices her. Yes. Uh, sort of lovely, lovely hair and gives her a I like, I like how when Jack asks this, the Coast Guard guy looks in his little diary, which is all handwritten. Well, let's have a look. Um, last week, uh, hit a mermaid. Uh, <laughs> should have done that. Uh, now there's nothing there about... Oh, hang on. No, there is. <laughs> it's like the evidence is in front of him, which he denies at first. And yes, then, oh, exactly. no, no, hang on. Sorry. But ultimately, he has, he's got nothing concrete that, that can really help them with no. their case. So they kind of leave empty-handed. Back at the Chateau, Avril and Charles are on 
on horseback. They're doing horseback doing acting. Horsey back act. Now this that's hard quite... to do. Yeah. I've done horsey did... back acting and that's really hard to do. Tell me when you did horseback acting. Oh, years and years and years ago for an advert in Devon. <laughs> you only take jobs in Devon, right? I, I, well, some, a lot of my work has been hev- heavily Devon based. So yeah, <laughs> I did a kids TV series called Mr. Sheep Pup, which was a, oh. a bit like Big in the City where they film real animals and we provide the voices. Um, oh. And I did a film and three series of it. But the joy of it is I did it with Eunice Stubbs, Brian Blessed, no. Mel Gedroyd. Oh my just God. the best thing in the world. Especially, splendid. very rarely did we often meet because we often did our stuff sort of, um, oh. but we had a rap party for the last series down in the farm in Devon Roots film. <gasps> and I shared a hot tub <laughs> with Brian Blessed. You never did. I Why didn't did. I know this? And it was <gasps> utter, utter madness. Oh my God. I bet that was a party. It was Bloody hell. Brilliant. Yeah, it was such good fun. You've gotten hammered with Brian Blessed. Yeah, oh my word. So jealous. I'm so um, jealous. Brian, as we all know, it's been covered in every time he's on screen. He doesn't know that he has Tourette's, but he has Tourette's. So every <laughs> third word is fucking shit. He, he just can't stop <laughs> going. So he once said to me, my milkman, a woman. <laughs> oh, yes, Brian. And he told me something that um, I will not say on this podcast, but I'll tell you. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. My favourite story about him, and there, there are many, yeah. but I like the one I think Kenneth Branagh told when he was doing a production of, I think it was a Kenneth Branagh story, but anyway, there was a production of Hamlet where he was playing Claudius, Brian was, and Virginia McKenna, <gasps> lovely, delicate, yes. beautiful actress, was also playing Virginia McKenna. his wife, mm. uh, the Queen of Denmark, and the director was trying to sort of big cast meeting but let's all work out what everyone's motivations are yeah and he said something about you know so what and what do we think claudius wants in this scene and brian just goes he just wants to fuck her doesn't he and she apparently she just blanched she went quite pale i'm hoping (laughs) that that sort of stuff went on in the studio when maybe yuna was there because i can imagine (laughs) yuna laughing oh right well yes i'm yes well i'm off now (laughs) he sounds like a very interesting character yes he is Less. The last thing I heard on Twitter a few years ago, he has a Twitter account. I think it's run by an assistant of his. Yes. But he was down for a charity space hopper bounce at Bryce Norton, an RAF base in the in the south of England. And the only reason he couldn't do it, Paul, was because he fell off the roof of his pigeon coop when he was trying to fix it himself in his 80s. He, he was trying to fix the roof and he fell off and hurt his shoulder. Otherwise, he was bang on for the uh, the charity wow. space hopper bounce at an RAF base. That means... I mean, the man doesn't say no to anything. He's but amazing. All, all I can imagine is the day that Brian fell off the chicken coop at an 80 mile <laughs> radius all, all everyone heard was <laughs> echoing <laughs> like two birds coming out of trees and people yes oh yes people yes, dropping you... things i'm just gonna <laughs> finish icing this cake <laughs> that sort of comedy trope <laughs> i love him so i know so he's much. stunning anyway where yes. were we that's right so what scene did we get to you're gonna remember we were, um, oh, we going were about diving, to get to, we have diving the then we have the reveal of torsional stress factors it's oh. finally told and they know no and then we're it cuts to diving the again then we're at the chateau horsey back riding and then we That's get the right. final sort of like Charles sealing the deal and Avril going you're not going to ruin my life like you always do again are you <laughs> and he goes no not this time yeah no it'll be fine this time yeah, don't worry as, as you see him crossing his fingers behind his back <laughs> yeah exactly and she's like can I trust you again it's like, well, like what do you think love not at all no yeah, you're, you're yeah. in this show you've seen how he behaves not honourably with no. chicks ever then back at the races Kate is yelling at horses as now, per here we go now listen the races is very important because um I've actually got the horses that ran on that day. Oh, so great. here we go. So um, if you were betting on the day, two to one, Hovercraft, Jessica. You could have <laughs> betted on Muck Woman, uh, Terence Trent, Darby's holographic wrist, the late 
great runner, that one. Matt Gordon, four to one. St. Swithin's Day Ghost. You might want to put your money three to eight on Divorce Disco or The Little Tutting Egg. Meanwhile, late starter, Fantasy Uncle, followed by The Little Wooden Judge. Coming up at the rear, Dandruff Chronicles, The Furry Umbrella Hospital, and Ken Hom's Infected Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just take over a minute while I can't? Yeah, down? okay. <laughs> well, because at no point. <laughs> oh, this is brilliant because we're on camera at the moment and I could just see Julia sobbing with laughter. <laughs> Lovely. They never mention the name of a horse all the way through it. There's plenty of opportunities for them because Charles goes, I lost. And she goes, Oh, I've won. But she never says, <laughs> I won 400 quid on divorce disco. Um, so I just thought, and I had a little, they show a bit of the horses getting ready and there's 12 of them. So I just came up with 12 horses for you. Well, yeah, your work always goes above and beyond. I always I do my homework for you. I Julie. cannot thank you. Thank you so much. That was really good. <laughs> I had a lot of money on Ken Holmes' infected moon. <laughs> but uh, of course, on the day was a St. Swithin's Day ghost. Mostly followed by a little tutting egg and bringing I'd up have the back rear. the egg. I'd have, yeah, yeah, I'd Fantasy have Fantasy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you Burke. Yes. You lovely Burke. Um, but no, uh, so it's the first meeting between Sir Edward and Kate. Yes. And she's, she's, so she's much quite more contemporary than really, isn't she? Yeah, she, um, she, does, she doesn't give much away, but she doesn't want to have a glass of champagne in his box. Yes, care to join me in my private box? No, thank you. Not interested. She's got stuff to do. Also, it's never mentioned again. Kate is living now in her daughter's house with her. Right. Having had to sell her cottage. Gambling debts. To pay off gambling debts. Yes. Now, I, so that, she was that supposed was even to be... in the episode that I did with you all those yonks ago. Right. She was talking about so her horses she, and her debts. Yeah, she's not supposed to be gambling anymore, but now it's just fine and she's back to gambling again. Wow, so if so, they were doing Howard's Way now, she'd have a real problem with those fruit machines. She'd be in yeah, there every yeah. day, wouldn't she? She's a gambling addict. Throwing the inheritance. It, it seems mad that she's back at the race course. But anyway, Sir Edward says after she goes, delightful, delightful lady, lady, through clenched teeth. Yeah. I don't think he means it because she kind of taunted him about the poor form of his own horses yes. at the end. So I don't think he likes Again, it Again, that much. lovely passive-aggressive thing that she's got. She's very good at it. Yeah. She's very good at it. Back at sea, Leo and Amanda are in the water in diving suits and doing in the water diving suit acting like of shrugging can't find any bits of boat um and jack's looking sad about that then we go to the wine cellar en france where wow. charles and avril are tasting red wine testing the claret and 1982 yeah. beaujolais etc nice it looks like avril challenges him to a drinking game at one point <laughs> she definitely does i think had the words of her father to get him drunk and asking for money yes she's basically taking him at his word because she gets she grabs two bottles, two bottles like one says, for me you, one for yeah you. come on off we go and you know and she clearly wants to get him shit faced and, yeah. you know, I don't think that'll be very difficult. Although his, Charles strikes me as a control freak, so I don't know. He'll, he'll probably, he's, he's the kind of person who would wait till he'd point out the window and go, look, something French out the window, and then tip it into a plant pot. Oh, okay. And then or say maybe, another and fill hers again. Or maybe replace the wine with slightly cheaper vintage because he doesn't want to spend that much. Exactly. I can imagine exactly. doing that as well. Yeah, I think you're right. He's definitely that kind of guy. So the seduction is going well. She's a well. game for it. She's basically saying, I want to get drunk with you. I've come all the way to France with you. I believe there's only one bedroom in this giant chateau. Yes. Uh, oh dear, what a shame. We'll have to share it together. So anyway, we leave them sort of heading down that road. Back at the pub, Leo and Amanda are now out of boat, back in warm jumpers. And Jack brings them drinks. Leo a pint, which I thought was sarcastic, in a pint jug. And then uh, and then Amanda, a little half pint pot. I think they could have just swapped those around quite easily yeah. and that would have been fine. That would have been and perfect. And Jack with a whiskey. Everyone's despondent, but Leo's optimistic. It's okay, we've only got to search the rest of the sea. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it won't take long. <laughs> Let's go um, alphabetically. Let's start with the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You want to get to sea, channel, channel.
channels. That's where it is, channel. Or S, the Solent. Yes, the Solent. Um, anyway, you should know this. Then back in France, so we are skipping around quite quickly now. Yeah. Back in France, Avril is now looking through. Charles is showing her his etchings. His etchings. <laughs> his, his childhood etchings. It's like the paintings he did as a, as a young man. Yeah. He, clearly, he, he keeps them in France because paintings are French. Yes. So that's yes, why you yeah, keep yeah. the paintings. They have no business being in England. In fact, if he bought them over the channel, they burst into flames. <laughs> exactly. Especially the stuff he paints. <laughs> and there's a weird bit of business, although I quite like the script in this scene, where he's showing her a picture of a sort of an old woman with a warty nose. Yeah. And he's like, and is that, she said, is that your governess? And, you know, he's, he's, he's embellished it because he didn't really like his yeah. governess. He's made her look more warty. Well, I left the hairs out. <laughs> horrible mm. detail um, but it's quite funny but it's kind of charming and then he's clearly softening towards her but kind of waiting to go in for the kill they're sitting on the floor it's all very ah oh, cosy yeah. they're both a bottle of wine down each exactly big red noses <laughs> and, um, <laughs> huge port noses clear veins breaking in the nose burst capillaries they're yeah, so exactly. pissed she's now starting to appreciate his watercolours no actually no 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 they're, they're very good this is brilliant that's, you're that's really good. good not many people control <laughs> ice cream vans like you you know and that sort she, of thing <laughs> yes and she says to him please don't break me again don't break me again oh no and he's like yeah alright I won't and then just yeah. sticks his tongue in her mouth but you know it looks like a mutual a mutually sub- sub- satisfying snog they're both quite happy to be doing it back at Leisure Cruise Sarah's doing that weird thing of sitting in an office in the dark on her own <laughs> at night alone I mean if what if Ken hadn't come in would she just have stayed there yeah, like, to make a she's point gonna, and she's, she's like sat on a vigil it's really really odd She's so the vigil she's of her own making. Just, exactly. She should have been really staring out to sea. Exactly. It's the evening. There's no suggestion that Ken had planned to meet her there. So he just happens to come back to the office on his yeah, own at night in the dark as well. coming back at three in the morning to his office? Don't know. <laughs> um, and basically, there's a very uncomfortable standoff. She sits there looking like a sort of sad ghost. And he's like, do you mind if I put the lights on? And... <laughs> He basically, because he knows there's no persuade, there's no charming her out of the situation. There's no, no schmooze he can do that will get her to bring her around. So he just decides to go straight in for the kill and say, look, I want your shares. Are you going to sell them to me? I know she's like, oh, yes, I'm ready to sell. And he's like, great. But not to you. <laughs> oh, you little turncoat. Right. This is exactly. my revenge. This is my revenge. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, well, to who then? A certain she says, Sam, you Samity <laughs> Sam, ever heard of him? And that's a real plot twist for Howard's Way, I think. It's when, a real plot twist. they start getting yeah. in 2D animation. J.R. Ewing. A certain, <laughs> a certain Barnes, Cliff Barnes. <laughs> that would have been amazing. See, that would have wow. been a, a way, way to end the episode. Yeah. No, obviously she suggests, I mean, without knowing if he's interested, she suggests selling to Charles Freer. Yeah. Well, there's only two or three options. So there aren't many people people you can do that to yeah what are you selling it to the guy who runs the pasty shop i mean who do you think (laughs) there's only four rich people in this entire peninsula so it's going to be one of them your milkman a woman (laughs) that's who i'm selling to um so so anyway at the mention of charles obviously we go straight back to charles topless in bed he's lying next to avril also in bed also topless like sheets you know there yeah and clearly they've had it they've been doing it gerald's on the phone with bad news for a change something about you know that company doing the thing and they haven't done the thing and that's annoying initial i'm really sorry Zurich. charles we tried sending some of your paintings to uh tony hart <laughs> but they're not going in the gallery don't because i sent paintings and i never got mine in the i gallery and sent it still two paintings hurts. and they oh, were never you? ever accepted it hurts doesn't yeah, it? yeah it really does yeah anyway bad news he doesn't take it well um back at sea jack pulls amanda uh, back up to the surface of the water on a rope she says nothing Ste- 
right, so we've established they still got they searched a bit more of the sea. A bit more of the sea. Dif- different bit this yeah. time, though. You can see it's a different bit. Another fathom. Still no. Of the sea. Yeah, still, still nothing. And then, then <gasps> like some sort of well, massively happy bloody otter, he comes bursting out. So exciting! We got it. We found it. Woohoo! He's holding up a bit of broken wood, which we assume is the keel. Must be of a the bit Lynette. of the catamaran keel, yeah. One of the keels, wouldn't it have two keels? Should have two catamaran. keels, yeah. I'm not entirely sure how there what, are, what bit he's got. No, but anyway, it seems significant. Leo's very, very happy, but he has to let you know that he has to get his. Presumably, there, you know, the director's there, going right. Get your mask off. No, yeah. get your mask off. See the face. See, your eyes. see the face. See the face. Yeah. So he's kind of struggling. Eventually, he rushes, gets his mask off, and you can see he's delighted. And Jack's delighted, and Amanda's delighted. Amanda doesn't look bored anymore. Oh, she's suddenly, Praise yeah, she's suddenly, I don't know, this, oh, right, you found it, good, right, now we can go pub and celebrate. Anyway, Keel, all good, probably, everything's fine, we'll all be home by tea time, the war will be over by Christmas. <laughs> Titles, end of episode. I know, this episode ends on a high, like a positive, there's no I drama, know. drama, drama, it's all, everything's great. Does that happen a Which lot is, in Howard's way? No, I don't think it very, does, does very it? very rarely, very uh, rarely, it, is, it makes quite a nice change, and it makes the upbeat Barracuda theme tune just really like, Oh, yeah. God, that end scene is so good. It's try. Umphen, I prefer it, it to the opening theme so much. Me too. I it's think I think I'm with you. I should have asked you to sing to the Barracuda theme. Maybe I'll do that. I've missed a trick this series. I should have done that, I think. Well, anyway, talking of that, though, are you prepared to sing? Of course I am. Yes, I am. You love it. I loves it. Paul, thank you so much for coming back to Tarrant. As as it's been an absolute joy as ever. Thank you. You are wonderful. Thank you, Paul, for being always there. I'm an extra on Howard's Way Working nine hours a day I have no words to say I'm just background Although there is one cause for alarm that could do my reputation some harm It's in the contract, read the small print Now I must sleep with Ken My name's Jason Fleming the More Than My Past podcast will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.